RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. In something I did not anticipate would be the biggest story of the day, Hunter Biden appeared for a press conference on Capitol Hill. As you can see from the thumbnail, he was accompanied by a series of pimps, his crack dealer, a couple of strippers, and Eric Swalwell was there with a couple of unknown campaign aides of Asian origin. Now I'm just kidding. None of that happened, except for Hunter Biden showing up on Capitol Hill. Anyways, I had a hoot making this card, (laughs) and I hope that you guys enjoy it too. Uh, We've got a lot more to discuss besides the impending legal troubles of Hunter Biden. His father has impending legal troubles as well. President Trump's legal troubles look to be on the up and up. I also got a whole bunch of gifts in the mail today, you guys. So much cool stuff. I didn't even have time to open it all. Lisa and I are, are painting the closet, and so therefore everything is out of it. She's in there right now. I was almost late because I was helping her get the paint ready. And uh, and so anyways, uh, I will thank everyone on screen, but I won't even know what's actually in these packages until later. But there is one that I just have to show you. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we'll be right back after this. My friends, gold is on the rise. It just soared past $2,000 an ounce. And the wars in Israel and the Ukraine, plus the rate cuts that are on the table, well, all of these things are working together to help fuel the meteoric rise of this beautiful, precious metal. And the top banks, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Bank of America, JP Morgan, all of them are forecasting sizable rate cuts coming up in the election year. And you've got the heads of the top financial firms pointing out the similarities to what we see in America now in the 1970s. Take a look back at 1979. At that time, we had the Iran hostage crisis. There was war in the Middle East, and major U.S. cities were in disarray and stagflation. At that time, gold went from $158 an ounce in 1974 to $850 an ounce in 1980. Meanwhile, our national debt is skyrocketing even higher. There's a direct correlation between the national debt and the price of gold. Back in 2020, the U.S. debt was at $23 trillion and gold was $1,500 an ounce. Well, now in 2023, it's $33 trillion and gold is over $2,000 an ounce. Now, President Trump, he warned us the U.S. dollar no longer being the world standard will be our greatest defeat in 200 years. So you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. 
Remember to mention me, Zach Payne, and Red Pill News. And when you do, you will always get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA. It's available on qualifying rollovers, and to find out if you do qualify, give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and get your free investor guide today. Once again, Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, guys. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I told Lisa when we went to the mailbox, I was like, there's so much stuff. I I should just open it all on the air. And she was like, no, everybody hates that. Nobody wants to see you opening these things. They just want to see what's actually in there. So I'm going to listen to her. She's the boss. She has uh, a little bit more knowledge than me when it comes to certain things. My first guest, or excuse me, my first gift is, uh, looks like it's a Funko Pop. If you guys don't know what those are, you're about to find out. This one is from Andre. And Andre, I got to (laughs) say, this is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten. Look at that. It's a Zach Payne RP78 Funko Pop collectible doll. This is going to go on a shelf behind me. I'm working up to that. But you can see it's a a dark-skinned man (laughs) with a bearded mustache. Clear glasses, because I'm wearing clear glasses. He's got a microphone. He's got a funky shirt on. And there's even a couple of animals in there. Looks like it's Muffin and Chi-Chi in there. Now, I have to be honest here, Andre. I'm afraid to even open this because I feel like there's a possibility. Like, maybe this will be worth money someday. I used to collect toys when I was a kid. And so... It, pr- truth be told, I, I have like a, a Tupperware container, like one of those big like sweater boxes where you put stuff under the bed. It's filled with a whole bunch of action figures from when I was a kid and from like the 1970s and stuff. But this is super, super cool, dude. This is number one of one. Andre, I'm assuming that you uh, – this is the only one that was made. I don't know. Maybe you got one too. I don't know if you collect these. But, dude, this is really, really cool. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So – I also got a present from Lisa. I shared this on Telegram earlier, and I meant to put it out there on Truth Social and and uh, X, <clears throat> but I didn't get around to it. So let me show you guys here. Check that out. It's a plasma globe, and it's just the most beautiful colors uh, I've ever seen. It's pink in the center, like pink and purple. It has these tendrils that are green. It looks like Aurora Borealis. And then out there at the tips, it's like orange. And so you've got these orange sparks that are flying all over the place. And uh, this is super, super, super cool. This is one of the greatest presents I've ever gotten from anyone, I have to be honest. So although, Andre, you're you're pulling a close second. I got to give Lisa the win on this one. Yeah, he says, I'm glad you like it, Zach. It makes me super happy. It, it, it just it shows how much you care, dude. I mean, who? No, <laughs> somebody made a Red Pill 78 doll out of yarn. I have that one over there. This is going to go right next to it. Uh, it just shows that, like, obviously somebody really cares about you if they get you a, a toy that looks like you. How cool is that? Um, oh, okay. So now if you're out there in the audience and this is your present, I need you to tell me because there's nothing in the box to indicate who you are. First of all, I opened it up. It's from the tea store in Lafayette, Louisiana. 
And uh, and so Lisa was like, maybe it's from rain. And I was like, well, you know, yeah, she's over there in Louisiana, but it doesn't say who it's from. So I don't know. It's a really beautiful, crisp, full on, big font MAGA hat right here. It says Trump on the back. This is coming from Trump's personal store. And it also included uh, right here a uh, a Trump terry cloth toiletry bag, right? So, like, look at that. Look at that. Look at the luxury that's inherent in these Trump products. This is absolutely incredible. And then uh, the uh, the wrapping was beautiful. It was like a bunch of um, uh, Trump branded uh, uh, what is it called uh, tissue paper anyways there is a packing slip but there's no indication of who actually sent it so whoever you are thank you thank you thank you I can look forward to wearing this I look forward to staying at the Trump hotel the next time I go someplace uh, let me see what else did I get here um, oh I got some vapes you know who you are thank you very much my friend John uh, hang on I'll show this off too why not Every month he sends us a package of uh, of Lisa and I's favorite flavors. So thank you for that, dude. I appreciate you. And then here's a book that someone sent me. This is coming from a place called Premier Books in Romulus, Michigan. Now, I don't know if the person who sent me this, like, owns uh, uh, this place, Premier Books, or if the person who sent it is Seamus Brower, the Bruner, excuse me, Seamus Bruner, the author of Controligarchs, uh, exposing the billionaire class, their secret deals, and the globalist plot to dominate your life. It sounds like just your average, everyday, light Zach Payne reading for the weekend. Uh, it's right up my alley. And Seamus, if you're watching, if this is you that sent me this book, I would like to interview you after I have a chance to read it. Uh, it's got a foreword by Peter Schweitzer. I believe Peter Schweitzer to be just above reproach, beyond reproach, rather. Excuse me. Uh, and, uh, and Peter Schweitzer knows what he's doing. So if he is uh, vouching for Mr. Seamus Bruner here, well, then this is a good book, and I know I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, let's see. You know, Observer 777, you, you are, are – you, but you might as well – somebody just banned this asshole at this point. I'm done. I'm done. You you ran out of here yesterday after I smacked your ass without uh, saying anything. So I don't know if your your whole M.O. is just to come in and make some smart comment about how I'm going to blow Trump or something like that. Uh, but at least I won't be blowing my brains out because I'm so lonely and sad uh, because I've got nothing better to do than go into somebody's chat who I hate and try to look tough because you don't. Just going to leave it like that. All right. So I also got a big package from gosh who is this one from this one is hold on hold on from jeff jeff in pennsylvania thank you very much for that jeff there's a book in there there's a pocket constitution i haven't actually had a chance to look at it yet uh, i got a calendar from uh, lloyd and diane in hawaii thank you for that uh, I got a card from somebody in Salem, Oregon. I can't read the name on there. Uh, I got uh, a card from Light Ray as well. Thank you very much, Light Ray. Uh, I got a card from Deborah in North Carolina. Thank you, Deborah. And then, oh, there's also a card that came from Lloyd and Diane as well. And then, I got to be honest, uh, this is um, <laughs> this is approaching, or it might even surpass how cool. The, uh, the present is from Andre. I haven't had a chance to open these yet. This is from our good friend, Fredo Awakening. 
Take a look at this. He actually made wrapping paper with my face on it. It's all Zach Payne's over and over and over again. Oh, my God. There's so much stuff in here. Uh, Fredo, I can't wait to open this, buddy, and I'll send you a message as soon as I do. I hope you're here. I hope you're listening. Uh, I just want you to know, everybody who sent me something, no matter what it is, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I feel like we've built such an amazing community here, despite pop-ins from uh, uh, pricks like Observer. Uh, And Blurticus says, getting tattoo, listening to Zach. Hey, man, cool, cool. Send a picture of your tattoo when you're done. I'd like to see it. Um, but yes, uh, once I figure out what everything else is, I will thank you again properly on the air and, uh, we'll get into it. The wrapping paper is super cool, Fredo. I, I almost don't even want to open those either. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that stuff. I'm gonna have to. And I want to know how you actually made that wrapping paper because it looks like real wrapping paper. It doesn't look like you just like photocopied some pictures of my face <laughs> and put it out there. It's so cool. Oh. All right, so uh, Thick Ray says, uh, you make my drive home from work more bearable than ever. Hashtag the truth is loose. Awesome. Uh, I hope that somebody else is typing that for you or I hope that you're at a a stoplight. All right, so let us get into the news today. So we're not going to start there. We're going to be starting here because we have some breaking news about President Trump. Uh, and Fredo, oh, he says, I'm here. I hope you like the gifts. Good, buddy. I'm glad you're here. I can't wait to open them. I'll, like I said, I'll message you privately once I, uh, once I get them open. I'm sure I'm going to love them. <clears throat> so, President Trump, we have spoken very recently in the last couple of days about the efforts of Jack Smith to try to make sure this trial goes through. President Trump's argument is that he has presidential immunity. He cannot be prosecuted for crimes that are real or imagined. In this case, we're talking about imagined crimes. So as this case is before the Supreme Court right now, they have agreed to hear it. Judge Chutkin is pausing President Trump's D.C. case amid this ongoing dispute, as she should. So although it's interesting that uh, Obama Judge Tanya Chutkin would take this path, I truly don't believe she has any other choice. You've got certain things that are supposed to happen in a courtroom. Uh, And if they don't happen, well, then people start asking questions. Uh, In Tanya Chutkin's case, a whole lot of things happen that shouldn't happen. Take a look at any of the cases that she's overseen with January 6th defendants, and you'll see that over and over again, time and time again, uh, she tends to give the harshest possible sentences that you could imagine, certainly over and above whatever it is that the the prosecutors are asking for. But these four counts are now going to be sitting on ice. Uh, It looks like it's pretty likely the Supreme Court is going to take this up uh, like in session at the beginning of January. I believe they come back for their next full session January 5th. So once that happens, then they'll evaluate the case. They'll probably hear arguments from both sides. And then they'll go ahead and decide if past experience is any indicator of how long this will take. You know, I got to be honest, it can go either way. They may have their minds already made up and they're just taking the case so that they can get it out there, put it on the record and then allow the process uh, to uh, to be completed. Uh, Or it may require some deliberation, some thinking, some some careful oversight regarding the previously established case law which there is plenty of. And as we've said, I mean, President Trump should have presidential immunity. However, Joe Biden and his criminal network 
open themselves up to prosecution if President Trump is allowed to be prosecuted. So pretty much anything is on deck at this point. Uh, I really wouldn't be surprised either other way. But uh, at the end of the day, once and for all, President Trump is innocent. He hasn't done anything that he's been accused of, and uh, he will ultimately overcome. Uh, This is merely a setback in terms of his personal life, his professional life. Uh, But as I've said on so many different occasions, uh, pretty much everybody except for Observer is uh, endeared to President Trump as he goes through the same exact hardships that people like us have had to endure at the hands of an overzealous prosecution and a DOJ that is dead set on doing whatever they can to destroy you at any juncture. Now, why is it they're so focused on President Trump? Well, uh, ask anyone who's actually been paying attention, and they'll tell you that President Trump has done more as any public servant has in history to safeguard the American people, our way of life, our nation, and the safety of our children and generations to come. Nobody else has done what President Trump has done, and that's not to say he's perfect. Of course, he's going to do things that you may not like. But if you're objective, uh, if you're able to look at the situation uh, and give it a, a full accounting, a full appraisal of what's happened, and if you're smart enough to look back in time at people who have come before President Trump and, and, and really take a look at, at everything that they've done compared to everything that President Trump has done. Well, I just feel that you cannot come away with any other belief any other decision, any other conclusion that President Trump has given up an incredible amount simply for the right to be attacked by the federal government, the same government that we are trying to fix, that we are trying to ultimately consign to the dustbin of history, the real American government, the Republic of the United States of America, that will continue. That is what we are saving This fictitious corporate nonsense, which is made up of fascist oligarchs in the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and, you know, all of these crazy D.C. lunatics on the right and the left. These are the people who are the imposters. They're the ones who are going to be ultimately kicked out of Washington, D.C. for good. At the end of the day, when President Trump is done cleaning up this place with our help, It's going to be a vastly different landscape. It'll be a completely different scenario. And so I invite every single one of you uh, to continue on this journey with me as we move closer to an America that you can once again be proud of, an America that you know is not using its unlimited resources to destroy you or the people you love, an America founded and bonded in faith, liberty, Justice, freedom, these tenets which make up the very fabric of our nation and always have are coming back. They are on the rise and everything else is merely noise along the way. And that includes people who would have some smart shit to say, who simply don't have the perspective to take a look around and recognize what's truly happening. I'm sorry your mama didn't hug you. Maybe you were never breastfed. Maybe you didn't have any friends growing up, but you could possibly have friends now if you could only get over yourself. If that was only possible, I don't know if it is. I would hope that it might be. All right. So 
Somebody else who can't get over themselves, someone who's too stupid to see the forest for the trees, that is Joseph Robinette Biden. Now, I often go back and forth on this. Is Joe, is he an egomaniac? Is he a narcissist? Is he a psychopath? Is he a sociopath? Uh, Is he simply a victim of the system that has put him in this position? Did he really want to be president again or was it necessary Because he thought, well, if I don't do this, then they're going to throw me to the wolves and all of the crimes that I've committed throughout my time in public service are going to be revealed to the American public. And my children and my grandchildren, they won't have access to that generational wealth that I've created throughout my five decades in public service. Well, the irony is it bit him in the ass either way because the increased scrutiny of Joe Biden stealing the 2020 election, forcing America to take a jab that was deadly, oftentimes created disabilities, forcing the economy down the toilet. All of these things have put increased scrutiny on Joe Biden. And as a result, it's going to be not only the end of his political career, but I truly do believe it'll be the end of his life on planet Earth. The life that he knows is what I should say. Because right now, Joe Biden knows a life of luxury. He knows a life of excess. He knows a life of doing basically whatever he wants. And that time is coming to a close. And it's coming to a close because America is waking up. America sees Joe Biden for what he is. He is the very definition The sole culmination of everything that's wrong with this nation, of everything that's wrong with the political oligarch American class, those elites, so-called elites, who believe that they're better than us, who believe that there are two sets of rules, one for you and one for them. These people are the problem with America. These people believe that we're the problem, us useless eaters. We're the issue. If only we could just get out of the way and allow them to continue on in their transnational criminal organizations, trafficking children, trafficking drugs, allowing cross-border incursions, allowing the manufacture and sale of deadly drugs that are destroying our children and our streets, cities all across America caught up in the drug epidemic. Take your pick. And it's not just an opioid epidemic anymore. It's not just a methamphetamine epidemic. It's an epidemic of people who are desperate to escape the wretched nature of their lives, which is only wretched because these people who have been running the show in Washington, D.C., have intentionally destroyed everything that's good about this country. We were in such incredible spots after – think about after World War II – Chicken in every pot, two cars in every garage. Everybody's a homeowner. If you went to uh, war, then you came home, you got the GI Bill, you could go to college, you can get a degree in something that actually mattered, none of the gender studies BS. Maybe become an electrician, get a skilled trade, something that is going to provide for you and your family. And milk was what? I don't even know how much it was in the 1950s. Certainly wasn't $12 a gallon. Because that's what a lot of people are paying now. I'm I'm looking at eggs the other day. And it's like 10 bucks plus for a dozen eggs. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Of course, if you look around, you might be able to find some that are five bucks a dozen. But those ones are usually bought up by the time we get there. So if we want eggs, we're paying for eggs. 
If we want milk, we're paying for milk. Jim Kyle says China's uh, been messing with rubble rumble. Yes, they have, Jim. Uh, Yesterday, we spoke about Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble, and uh, I personally was unable to actually do a stream on Rumble a couple of days ago. Um, Hopefully now it's uh, it's actually working. Um, I'm actually I forgot to check to see if I am live over here that I am live on Twitter. Okay, so hopefully. uh, Nope, nobody's chatting on Twitter, but there are five people there. So thanks for hanging out. Uh, a dig is now a monthly supporter. So thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you also to Sean Joe for the cookie uh, and Nakaz for the shades. So how do we end this? Okay, I, I've said this on numerous occasions. We have to be able to identify the problem so that so that we can pinpoint it and then we can come up with solutions. One solution that I think is pretty obvious is that these people have to go. All right. Our government, our nation cannot survive with these uh, these sleeper agents uh, actually steering the ship, okay? This is like you hand a, a, a drunk guy who's asleep the wheel to the Titanic, and then you're surprised when it runs into an iceberg. So part of that is not only the revelation of the crimes of the Biden crime family, but I truly do believe the actual impeachment of Joseph Robinette Biden. So Mike Johnson, whatever you might think of him, I think he's done uh, the things that I would have liked him to do Up until this point, he essentially stood in the way of additional financing for Ukraine. Uh, Zelensky came to Washington, D.C. He couldn't woo Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson said, I'm not giving you money unless you give us money to fix the border. You got to stop the flow. You got to stem the bleeding. You got to close the border up, finish the wall. If you don't do that, I'm not sending money to Israel. I'm not sending money to Ukraine. God, What a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's almost like President Trump coming into Washington, D.C., saying, hey, we need to put some uh, uh, some tariffs on this stuff. Uh, We shouldn't be paying for all of your military spending. My God, it was just all of these things that made sense. And here we go. Mike Johnson suggests if you want money for Ukraine, you must have a plan for Ukraine. You also must fix the southern border. You also must give us an accounting of the money that's been spent so far. Otherwise, I'm not giving you the cash. So while he's actively standing up to Joe Biden, which is another thing I'm not used to, I'll be honest with you guys, uh, I'm so used to seeing Republicans just roll over. You know, I mean, we talk about the uniparty. It's been on such full display for many, many years. You know, Kevin McCarthy, you know, he'd get on uh, Fox and Friends or he'd go on Maria Bartiromo and he'd say a couple of uh, uh, clicky one liners. He, he would say what he thinks his base wants to hear. But then when he gets into the halls of Congress, all he does is just play ball. He does exactly what the Democrats in the deep state wanted him to do. Mike Johnson's not doing that. Mike Johnson said, no money. Show me a plan. Show me what you spent this other money on. And then while you're preparing that, I'm going to work on your impeachment. So despite the fact that we've lost a slight edge in the House, Mike Johnson believes that he's uh, pretty confident we're going to be able to get this uh, this impeachment authorization finally voted on and it's going to pass. This is was scheduled to happen today. I do have a little bit of video from that. James Comer uh, spoke in the session where they were voting. And we've actually learned what the resolution itself looks like. We've got a Republican representative, Kelly Armstrong, from North Dakota, John's neck of the woods. I'm not familiar with Kelly, so uh, I I don't know. Um, But 
the uh, the text itself uh, shows that the rules committee was marking it up and that the resolution is known as H.R. 918, formally authorizing the Judiciary Oversight Ways and Means Committee to conduct this impeachment inquiry. So let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to what uh, Mr. Johnson has to say, and let's see if we can glean any special details. Let me just – I got to get through this 15-second commercial. Here we go. Today is the 12,567th day of my life. All making for some tense final days before Congress takes its holiday break. All right. I, I'm sorry. I thought that this was a, a short clip. This is a 13-minute video. We're, we're, we're not going to get into that. We don't have that time. But, of course, the entirety of this impeachment revolves around the crimes of the Biden family. And largely, the crimes of the Biden family coalesce in a certain area, which is Hunter Biden. See, Joe was in public office. He could not be the one out there making deals overtly. He could not be the one who was actually traveling around the world unless there was a stated and specific reason for it. So Hunter Biden did the moves. Hunter Biden had the shell companies. His relatives set up the shell companies. They moved the money and then they moved it over to Joe. And as a result of that, We find ourselves where we are. Now, the Democrats and the Republicans, the rhinos who don't want to impeach Joe Biden, they would have you believe that there's no there there. But we know there is a there there. That video that I played you yesterday, excellent summation of all the questions that need to be answered and uh, all all of the various points uh, which tell us why an impeachment is completely the best thing to do. So earlier today in the vote, uh, James Comer was speaking on the floor of the House. And uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to his statement. You know what? We're going to have to go to X. Here we go. Kentucky is recognized for three minutes. Thank you, Chairman Cole. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to support House Resolution 918. Joe Biden has repeatedly lied to the American people about his family's corrupt influence peddling schemes. He told the American people he never spoke to his son about his family's business dealings. He claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties as vice president and his family. He said his family never made money from China. All of these are blatant lies. Our investigation has revealed how Joe Biden knew of, participated in, and benefited from his family cashing in on the Biden name around the world. Since January, we have learned some of the following. The Bidens created 20 shell companies, most of which were created while Joe Biden was vice president. The Bidens and their associates then raked in over $24 million through these shell companies from China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, and Romania between 2014 and 2019. So just to put a point on that, raise your hand in the audience if you and your family have raised this much money during a five-year period at any point in your life. Okay, I I doubt that any of you have. Uh, And let's also consider the fact that during this time, Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States up until 2020, or excuse me, up until 2016. 
So for at least two years out of the period that they're investigating, Joe Biden was a public in public office. Joe Biden should have known better. But of course, it was only because he was in public office that he knew he was going to be able to make that money. There's no way that they can defend this. There's no way that they can snake around it. And the more information that comes out, the better. Now, I saw somebody say that Hunter Biden was killed at Gitmo, and then that's an actor. And you can believe that if you want. I don't believe that. Um, and even if it's true, we still have someone who's parading around as Hunter Biden, who is effectively doing the exact same thing Hunter Biden would be doing. And so it really doesn't matter if he was killed at Gitmo because it does nothing. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. So continuing. At least 10 members of the Biden family have benefited or participated in these schemes. The Bidens layered these payments through their bank accounts to hide the sources of the money. The banks even flagged many of these transactions in more than 150 suspicious activity reports to the Treasury Department. One bank investigator was so concerned about Hunter Biden's financial transactions with the Chinese company that he wanted to reevaluate the bank's relationship with him. He noted that his transactions served, and I quote, no current business purpose, end quote. That's what I call a shell company. According to Devin... (laughs) James, you make a great point. Raised that much money and smoked that much crack. Yeah, A1A, 100%. A Biden family associate, Joe Biden was the brand of the business. The brand showed up. Joe Biden spoke to his son's associates by speakerphone over 20 times, dined with foreign oligarchs and a Burisma executive, and had coffee with his son's Chinese associate, all when he was vice president. Weeks after Joe Biden left the vice presidency, money from this Chinese Communist Party-linked entity began to make its way to the bank accounts of several Biden family members. Based on one Biden associate's interview with the FBI, These payments were sent to the Bidens as a, quote, thank you. (laughs) Ask any Justice Department public corruption investigator about the importance of payments received after one leaves public office. It's a hallmark of corruption. We are now at a pivotal moment in our investigation. We will soon depose and interview several members of the Biden family and their associates about these influence peddling schemes. But we are facing obstruction from the White House. The White House is seeking to block key testimony from current and former White House staff. It's also withholding thousands of records from Joe Biden's time as vice president. Pri- time president Biden must be held accountable for his lies, corruption, and obstruction. I urge my colleagues to support this important and necessary resolution. I yield back. So uh, going back to my uh, point that I made about you know, whether or not people are dead if they've been killed at Gitmo. Uh, There is still the importance of the actual information being paraded out to America, forcing the guilty parties to actually face a level of accountability, not only for the preservation of law, but for the collective healing of the American people and our national conscience. We need to know that law and order is still alive in this nation. We've witnessed for too long the two-tiered justice system as people like Joe and Hunter Biden 
profit from their overt corruption over and over and over again. As people like Hillary Clinton with the Clinton Foundation, my God, think about how many millions of dollars got sent through the Clinton Foundation and directly into Bill and Hillary Clinton's hands. Think about how she was treated when they found out she had a private, unsecured email server in her bathroom. If that was Trump, if that was anybody else, that person would have been arrested. Hillary Clinton wasn't even in office anymore, and she was still using that crap. So the White House is attempting to obstruct these investigations, but these investigations continue. There would be no reason for them to try to stop them if they weren't going to bear fruit, if it wasn't going to be valuable for the reasons that I just mentioned. We have both private and public groups that are seeking this information. Obviously, Hunter Biden, they want to talk to him in Congress. He was scheduled to be in Washington, D.C. for a closed-door deposition today. But, of course, Hunter balked at that idea. But before he was scheduled, America First Legal was attempting through their own investigative actions to gain some level of understanding about Hunter Biden's own business dealings. In a new area, this is in Louisiana. I didn't even know Hunter was trying to do business down there in Louisiana. Apparently, Hunter had a deal all set up with the Chinese in Louisiana. Now, America First Legal found these Louisiana public records uh, that were related specifically to Hunter and these Chinese business members' efforts to Get a new grift going in Louisiana. Uh, But they've demanded from Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards' office that he hand over these communications with Hunter Biden, with his uncle James Biden, and Joe Biden. All of it related to natural gas deals that Hunter Biden was seeking for CEFC, the Chinese affiliate, the Chinese Communist Party affiliated energy company. uh, And he was doing it through Hudson West three. That was the joint uh, company that he had put together with CEFC associate Gong Gwang Dong and, of course, uh, his business as well. In from the uh, the letter from America First Legal uh, in James Biden's interview with federal investigators, he recalled that their Chinese business partners were looking for liquefied natural gas deals at the time. Also, let me just say how ironic is it that Joe Biden, who's trying to push this Green New Deal BS on us, forcing everybody into some sort of climate compliance, forcing gas fed vehicles off the road and forcing electric vehicles down people's throats. Suggesting that people should buy a hundred and twenty thousand dollar Ford F one fifty. Get the heck out of here! Not many people can afford that, and not many people with brains would want to afford something like that. Jim Kyle says ten dollar challenge. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, so yeah, how ironic that Hunter Biden is looking to get in business with Chinese Communist Party affiliated business entities here in America, to steal our natural resources, that same natural gas that they're trying to get shut off from your home. They're trying to take your gas stove because they claim that natural gas is bad. Now, natural gas is a highly efficient form of energy, and it's highly abundant here in America. If they can fully shut down natural gas, then they will finally, once and for all, get much closer to crippling the American energy industry. So in this records request, we are looking for an email from October 29th, 2017, 
after Joe Biden left office, not long after Donald Trump came in, and it was saw it was sent by the employee of Dong. Uh, that employee was named Jia Kui Bao, and it was sent to Hunter Biden, and it underscored the value of the business deal. Obviously, if the Chinese can get a good deal on American natural gas, then that's going to be a big win for them. James Biden recalled to federal investigators that the Monkey Island deal involved an island about 50 to 100 miles off the coast of Louisiana with a clear passage for loading and offloading natural gas. James Biden also recalled talking with people in the Louisiana governor's office regarding the permits and recalled that it was supposed to be on a fast track. Now, these records also include any communications with Joe Biden's apparent email aliases, as we've learned about them recently. These are the email aliases he was using to skirt around FOIA requests. He was communicating for government purposes while he was vice president. We've also got to look at email metadata that was released on December 5th by the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, It was the one that showed that he was using email aliases to exchange over 50 one-on-one communications with Eric Schwerin, a business partner of Hunter Biden, somebody he should have no business speaking with. So the list goes on and on. We need this information. And if the uh, people in Congress who are seeking it are going one track, then I'm glad to see that a private organization is taking another track. Uh, Andre2121 says, challenge accepted. Also, Zach, that pop is a one of a kind, and I hope it stays that way. Great stream and Merry Christmas. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody else is going to get one made. Uh, Penny Whitbrod says, Jim, I'll see your 10 and raise you 10. Merry Christmas, Zach and Lisa. Love you both. Thank you for all the prayers. I'm recovering well. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you very much, Penny. And Lonely German says, challenge accepted and raised a buck. Thank you very, very much, Lonely German. So. As we know, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, they loved working with the Chinese. And we know that Hunter Biden was getting paid legal fees to essentially do absolutely nothing. He really wasn't offering any legal advice. He, he wasn't uh, representing anyone in any cases. Uh, but Patrick Ho was paying Hunter Biden about a million dollars for these supposed legal fees that were never performed. And we now have whole cold, hard facts about the actual movement of that money. Uh, There is an exhibit that's been released by the government, uh, and it details the engagement policy between Hunter and Patrick Ho. Now, Patrick Ho, as you might remember, was also an executive at CEFC. So at the same time that they're trying to go into business together, uh, looking into energy deals here in America, Hunter is also moonlighting as his lawyer. There's a conflict of interest there, certainly something that blew the hackles up on IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler. He tried to raise attention about that, but Hunter is not included as an attorney on record for the Patrick Ho case in the Southern District of New York. This engagement letter related to the $1 million allegedly paid for the legal representation of Patrick Ho. So, The $1 million was paid to Hunter Biden through his entity, Owasco LLC, on or about March 22nd, 2018. This was nine days before Biden left for California in his self-proclaimed exile. Uh, This is, of course, when he was trying to get his life together. Uh, And the emails that have been released by the Ways and Means Committee also continue to show that Chinese business associates had signed this engagement letter with Hunter Biden in October of 2017. Uh, Also, his uncle and business partner, James and Sarah Biden, were present as well. So retainer fees generally are paid by the client for future services uh, for the attorney to do work for them uh, at that time when when it's needed. But 
The thing is, Patrick Ho needed the representation and uh, Hunter Biden came and left and he just kept the million dollars and he never did anything to actually help out Patrick Ho uh, or uh, Chairman Ye Ming, also from CEFC, the one who just disappeared, the spy chief of China. Remember that? Uh, and uh, the list goes on and on. So this is one of the more important reasons why we need Hunter Biden to come in and testify. First of all, they need to testify. They need to question him in a closed door. Uh, uh, I was going to say ceremony, but a a closed door session, because undoubtedly there's going to be some issues of sensitivity, perhaps to national security that are going to come up. If he's testifying behind closed doors, there's also a possibility they may be able to get him to say certain things that he wouldn't want to say publicly. But you see, Hunter Biden knows that. Hunter Biden knows that, and he does not want to testify behind closed doors. Uh, Busafellis says, hi, Zach and wonderful family. I just love your shows. I've been watching since 2018. It's way past my bedtime in Sweden, but it's always worth it. Common sense, spot on and a whole lot of fun. You're the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you're here from Sweden. Sweden is a beautiful country, beautiful people, and uh, it's devastating what they've done to your nation in recent years. But I'm hoping that in the same way we have this nationalism and populist revolutions that are popping up all over over the world, Sweden can go ahead and do the same thing. So Hunter Biden was subpoenaed to appear in that closed door session today. And rather than actually showing up and testifying, he instead showed up in D.C. He went to a press conference that was organized by Eric Swalwell, uh, and he essentially gave a big middle finger to the committees that wanted to question him. So Also, I think it's really worth noting, can you guys see where Hunter Biden is delivering this press conference? He's standing in front uh, of the steps of the Capitol, uh, which, of course, is a subliminal callback to the events of January 6th. Uh, Before Hunter Biden made this decision, he had already had the the threat uh, of uh, of getting charges as a result of not showing up contempt of Congress. And, of course, uh, he believes he can get away with absolutely anything. They're never going to go after him. Uh, so he is uh, is flaunting his uh, his nose or he's thumbing his nose and uh, and flaunting his guilt at Congress. So in this press conference, he said that he welcomed the questions from the House Oversight Committee regarding their investigations. Uh, but here's the thing in. Here's the thing. He will only testify if it's in an open session. He will not testify behind closed doors. He won't testify if uh, he's going to be compelled to testify by the House Oversight Committee. Uh, and Hunter Biden, by his family's very rationale, must be held in contempt of Congress. As we've seen in the past, people who refuse to show up are held in contempt. They did it to Steve Bannon. Uh, They have talked openly about the need for using this particular methodology to encourage or rather enforce the power that Congress has. Uh, Sandherk says, Merry Christmas to Zach and all of the Red Pill. Thank you very, very much, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. So let's actually watch Hunter Biden's speech. And uh, here is actual the actual uh, appearance letter, which was sent out by the committee. Uh, Oversight released this on X about a week ago, uh, stating that Hunter Biden needs to show up on the 13th. And if he doesn't, he's going to be held in contempt. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Hunter's 
speech on the steps of the Capitol. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life. I've wasted opportunities and privileges I was awarded. For that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. Okay, so first of all, uh, the fact that you were a drug addict, Hunter, uh, the fact that you've made mistakes in your life, everybody's made mistakes, but that's not the questions that are being asked. Nobody cares about your 12-step program. Nobody cares about who you had to make amends to. Nobody cares about the things that you're doing in your life to make sure that you don't smoke crack again. What we care about are the laws that you broke along the way. Doesn't matter if you're a drug addict who's the son of a, uh, a D.C. oligarch or you're a, a drug addict who's from uh, Seattle, Washington or uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you're a drug addict who breaks laws, despite the fact that you get sober, you still have to be held accountable for the things you did, for the people you hurt for the money that you siphoned off, for the influence peddling that you engaged in. Those are the things, those last couple, that's what's actually in question. Not whether or not you got your act together. I know there's a lot of people who grow up at the age of, what, 50? No, I'm being facetious. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purpose. The... He said that the MAGA way has used him for their own political purposes. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. Hunter, I will, I will admit, you opened a doorway when you left that laptop with Mac Isaac. That was your own stupidity. But the fact that laptop was left in the hands of someone who had the presence of mind to not only back it up, but then give it to authorities – that was done because of the illegal activity that was on that laptop. It wasn't a personal grudge against you. I don't care who you are. You could be anybody, Hunter Biden. You just happen to be Hunter Biden. I am first and foremost a son, a father, a brother, and a husband from a loving and supportive family. I'm proud to have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different boards and directors. He said, I'm proud of my time on, as, uh, on a dozen different boards of directors. I'm not aware of anything outside of Burisma. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, when you're the child of a, a Washington, D.C. oligarch, th this is an excellent way for you to siphon money, to get paid, to basically do nothing. You got to show up to a board meeting for an hour, maybe once a month if you do. And when you do, all you do is, is collect a check. OK, and in the case of Burisma, I don't think that he ever went to any board meetings. I don't think he did anything at all. He certainly didn't know what he was talking about when it came to energy. I think the sum total of his energy experience was trying to get the Chinese into the Louisiana natural gas market. Proud of my efforts for local business For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, 
invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. The, the only character impugning that's been done has been to rehash the details of your sordid life that you immortalized on your iPhone and your MacBook, Hunter Biden. And the only thing that's being called into question is the legality of certain actions you've taken. This is, again, not a personal grudge. This is about law and order. This is about holding people to account for the actions they take. And if they have broken laws, if they have used and abused and disregarded and disrespected America and the laws that hold her together, well, then again, that's what needs to be answered for. No one is attacking you because you're Hunter Biden. People have talked about you. Because for so long, you were an unrepentant drug addict who got away with whatever you wanted to do, who helped your father funnel money in pay-to-play schemes all over the world, and who essentially used the White House as your own personal launching pad to make as much money as you possibly could. Bearable says, I will accept the challenge. I'm behind listening. Merry Christmas, Zach and Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And yes, I see that maybe there's a conversation going on about closed door versus uh, open door session. Um, A closed door session needs to be done first, because as I said previously, in a closed door session, it's more likely that you're going to get someone to admit something that they wouldn't want to admit publicly. And then when you have them testify publicly, it's a rehashing of the things you've already said. So you can't lie about what you've already said because then you can be held in contempt. You can, you know, you're under oath, so it's going to be perjury. Uh, it's it's simply a process. I, I, I'm not stating that Hunter Biden shouldn't testify publicly. He should. But they, they need to get him behind closed doors so that they can get him to admit Everything that they've already got on him. Now, undoubtedly, he's going to try to weasel out of that stuff. He's going to try to lie. He's going to try to obfuscate. Um, But when presented with overwhelming evidence, Hunter Biden is not going to have answers for all of these things. Uh, Right now, what he's doing in front of the cameras, it's a PR stunt. Okay, Eric Swalwell, look at him. Look at him. Little Eric Swalwell standing in the back row. So put upon because he had his emails gone through by the FBI, not just for any reason, but because he was sleeping with the Chinese spy. So disingenuous for these people to to uh, address the, the nature of their lives in the way that they do. They ridiculed my struggle with addiction, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family. And my friends, your friends have come forward to testify against you and your father (laughs) because you left them to hung out to dry. You didn't come to Devin Archer's aid. You didn't come to Eric Schwerin's aid. And you didn't have to come to Chris Hines's aid because his dad's the climate czar. So nobody's coming after him. But we, we, we need to get after Chris Hines as well. Kitsko, good to see you. She says, closed doors. It's more informative since our house is full of media clown acts when in public. Yes, absolutely. My struggle with addiction. They belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me. I think maybe they've questioned your recovery. 
because since your alleged recovery, you have posted videos and photos of you doing things that mostly sober people don't do. Uh, and it, it, I hope you get sober, Hunter. Absolutely. I hope you get sober. I don't want to see anybody uh, uh, caught up in the throes of addiction. Um, but what I hate seeing is people like you getting away with the same criminal actions over and over and over again and never having to face accountability when you know damn well that every other American, if they were facing the same problems you were, they would be held to account. They would be forced to atone for their actions. And even if that means going to jail for a little bit to get sober, get off dope and get their life together, it's going to happen. All to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? The Trump attack machine. And Fredo, yes, can't ask questions regarding classified information in a public hearing. That's why he won't do a private hearing. Yes, because the classified stuff has to come out in the private hearing so that they can redact it later on. But again, they're going to catch him up in all of the crimes that he participated in, and he's going to implicate his father in some of these crimes as well. Uh, Now, as far as the Trump media attack machine, you've got to be kidding me. The entire time President Trump has been in public life, since the moment he walked down that escalator in 2015, people have been attacking him, the media has been attacking him, the politicians have been attacking him. That is an organized attack. Hunter Biden, people have wanted to know where you were because you were the son of the alleged president of the United States of America who had engaged in some really heinous actions. Human trafficking, anyone? Uh, Open drug use, anyone? Uh, Lying on your ATF form, anyone? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. (laughs) Okay, I can refute all of those. Hunter and Joe shared office space together with some of Joe's or with some of Hunter's Chinese business partners. Uh, Joe Biden was present when Hunter Biden extorted that five million dollars from the uh, from Z on that text message, that WhatsApp message. Uh, Joe Biden received money directly from Hunter Biden's companies. What was that, just a gift? I mean, I'm pretty sure that as a corporation, you don't have the option to just hand out free money to anybody. Did Joe Biden claim taxes on that money? And if he did claim taxes on that money, where did he say it came from? Uh, Joe Biden has been omnipresent in Hunter Biden's business dealings, and it went from he knew nothing about anything to, well, he wasn't actually like in the business. Now, unfortunately, uh, all of those things can be refuted. And then when it comes to the art, okay, the person who was the biggest purchaser of Hunter Biden's art got an appointment in the Biden regime. So I'd say that we can actually directly point to every single aspect of your life. Unless you were selling dope to Mayor Marion Barry, Hunter Biden, that's probably the only thing that Joe wasn't involved in. During my battle with addiction, my parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. 
They helped me in ways that I will never be able to repay. And of course, they would never expect me to. And in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. That's not the grounds for an impeachment inquiry. That's the grounds for your indictments in California, Delaware, and other places. Uh, There is a difference between being careless with your finances. Take a look. President Trump, ongoing case in New York City. There was an error that was made on one of those forms, an accounting error. Okay, that's being careless. Your, Your accountant put the wrong zero in on the wrong line. You chose not to pay your taxes. You you chose to completely abscond with any responsibility. You didn't do anything you were supposed to. And that's the grounds for your criminal actions, not the grounds for your father's impeachment. The grounds for your father's impeachment is that he was present in all of your private business meetings. He was there on the phone. You would call him. Hunter would call his dad when he was at dinner with the Chinese Communist Party. Also, Kitsko said, uh, I bet Jill bought the art supplies to keep Joe busy and Hunter happened to be up for four days. (laughs) It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. Lies. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners. Lies, 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 lies. And misstating personal information that was stolen from me. It doesn't matter that it was stolen, but it wasn't stolen, Hunter. Let's be honest. You signed a contract with that Mac repair store where if you didn't pick up your property within, what was it, between 45 and 90 days, something like that, then it became the property of the shop who repaired it. You dropped it off to have it repaired. You wanted your data recovered. And then you went on a crack bender for like six months. So it wasn't stolen. It was legally owned by the person you left it with. Fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over. Never. They've never lied. Every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. No matter how many times it is debunked, They continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. Mm, uh, I don't know that anybody is uh, specifically suggesting that. Uh, What we said was that the firing of the prosecutor uh, was what Joe demanded for the billion dollars in loan guarantees and the prosecutor was demanded to be fired because he was looking into you criminally, Hunter Biden. Now, today, the support for Ukraine is due to just a lot more than a single bribe. I don't think anybody is specifically claiming that. 
Look at this obfuscation that Hunter Biden is trying to put together here. Now you're going to hear somebody parrot that. Oh, you know, they just think that he's in Ukraine because of this bribe, some so-called bribe. Well, Hunter, guess what? All of the evidence exists. All right. They have people who go to school to be forensic accountants for a reason, because you can actually use that stuff, unlike a gender studies degree. He displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love. The light of my dad's love for me, they presented it as darkness. Fake cry right there. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. How is it political interference when they're looking into the crimes you committed? You're not a politician. You've never held elected office. I mean, the closest thing you had was uh, when you were in the reserves, but they kicked you out because you dropped dirty on cocaine. Frey and the boys. Good to see you, buddy. He says, Merry Christmas, Zach and girlfriend. Please have Badlands unblock me. Freedom of speech. I don't know. I did not know that they blocked you, but I'll go ahead and uh, mention it to them. And uh, yeah, no problem. Yet here I am, Mr. Chairman. Taking up your offer, when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. Oh, that's how he's getting around it. Well, I chose to do it publicly, even though you subpoenaed me to do it privately so that we can get it all on the record before we deliver that information to the public. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we've heard enough from Hunter Biden there. Uh, That is a full accounting of his uh, claims right there. Um, uh, But we got word during this show that uh, the actual impeachment vote, the inquiry vote has passed. So we're moving on to the next stage in the impeachment of Joseph Robinette Biden and this particular stage in the information war designed to prove to the American people just how corrupt and broken our current authoritarian government is. For many people, it won't take much effort at all, but for others, they still need a little bit of convincing. So let's be as kind as we can to those people as they begin to learn the truth about what's really going on in the halls of Washington, D.C., Now, Jim Biden, excuse me, Jim Biden, (laughs) Jim Jordan uh, came out and spoke after Hunter Biden refused to come on in and testify. Uh, And he said that uh, this represents a huge change in the ongoing impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. So Hunter defying the subpoena for the closed door testimony, saying that he refuses to do anything but testify publicly, is now going to force Republicans to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. Uh, Jim Jordan spoke with reporters. He said, some Republicans I talked to on the committee, uh, they want to file articles of impeachment. Do you feel like you've seen enough now? A reporter asked. Uh, he says, I think I I think I have said I think the evidence is compelling, but we still need to talk to some other witnesses. We need to talk to two individuals, part of Blue Star Strategies, Sally Painter and another person who's in Audible. Those are the people we need to talk to. With the vote, we get those individuals in a more timely fashion and we get the documents we want. One hour ago, I think the biggest takeaway was the statement from Mr. Biden where he said, my father was not financially involved in the business. 
That is a huge change, which means sort of means that he is involved. I think that's how anyone with common sense would read it. He's been involved, not just financially. This is a huge departure for everything they've said now for the last three and a half years. Penny Whitbrot says Hunter will never truly be clean. He does ketamine infusions as part of his rehab to keep him from relapsing. He talks about it in his book. Uh Oh, yeah, I, I, I think you're right there. Uh, The White House's story has changed multiple times, as I alluded to earlier in the show. The Justice Department has changed multiple times their story about how they handled this investigation. But the story itself that has remained remarkably consistent, the testimony that's been consistent from people who were in business with Hunter Biden uh, and who stood up to cross-examine those two whistleblowers, their testimony. Those people investigating, those people involved outside the Biden family, their testimony has remained consistent. Their story has not changed. Frankly, it's been buttressed and reinforced by we've done eight different depositions of people involved in the investigation at the Justice Department. None of them have refuted what those guys say. So over time, it just keeps changing from the White House. This statement today, I think, is the biggest news of the morning, I guess, along with the fact that he didn't show up, which he's supposed to do. So Congress now has, in fact, decided they are going to be initiating contempt of Congress proceedings after Hunter Biden defied that subpoena. Now, what's really interesting uh, is that we can go back a little ways and uh, we can choose from Joe's own words. Uh, He affirmed Not that long ago that the Justice Department has a duty to prosecute anyone who defies a congressional subpoena. Now, of course, Joe was talking about people that the Democrats wanted to speak with. Hunter Biden claims that this is an illegitimate subpoena, but unfortunately it was printed on the same paper that everybody else gets. So it holds the same weight in a court of law. Uh, And let's see here. Uh, Joe Biden's statement about subpoenas. Uh, actually, let's just watch the video. We'll uh, we'll watch the video. Uh, where is it? All right. Well, Joe Biden was asked whether or not people who refuse to come in and testify with a congressional subpoena Should they be prosecuted? Mr. President, what's your message to people who defy congressional subpoenas? Should they be prosecuted by the Justice Department? Joe answered yes. Of course, I tend to believe that he wasn't thinking about his son at the time that he answered that. However, Hunter Biden today defied lawful subpoenas. So now Congress is forced to initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. We will not provide special treatment because he has the last name Biden. As our committees were today prepared to depose Hunter Biden, he chose to make a public statement on Capitol Hill instead, where he said his father, Joe Biden, was not financially involved in his family's business dealings. Exactly how, then, was Joe Biden involved? Because evidence shows Joe Biden met with Hunter Biden's business associates and his name was at the center of the family business strategy. That's a statement coming from Jim Jordan and James Comer. Now, what's also very interesting is that by putting together this press conference, Eric Swalwell has aided and abetted in a crime, that crime being the defying of a congressional committee. He and Hunter Biden colluded together. 
And he colluded with Hunter Biden's lawyer. This is coming from House sources. So Eric Swalwell has also been accused of some crimes, aiding and abetting the crime after colluding with Hunter Biden and his lawyer, Abby Lowell. They defied this congressional subpoena. Eric Swalwell ought to know better, but no one ever accused him of being intelligent. So Hunter Biden not showing up has now only not has not only put himself in legal jeopardy, but he's also put Eric Swalwell in legal jeopardy as well. House sources say that Democratic rep Eric Swalwell, as a member of the Judiciary Committee, which subpoenaed Hunter Biden, aided and abetted a crime this morning when he worked with Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell, to help Hunter flout the subpoena in contempt of Congress. That's coming from Paul Sperry. Here is the actual law. United States Code, U.S. 2 USC 192. It's a misdemeanor criminal offense to willfully fail to comply with a valid congressional subpoena for either documents or testimony upon any matter under inquiry before either House or any committee in either House of Congress. So whereas the House and Senate originally used their own legislative powers to enforce subpoenas, Congress chose to criminalize subpoena noncompliance back in 1857. And by the 1930s, both chambers of Congress were relying on criminal contempt as a chief method of subpoena enforcement. Now listen to this. Violation of this can lead to a fine of up to $100,000 and imprisonment for a year. Now, Swalwell's actions here could place him within the scope of these same legal recourses. He could also be looking at a hefty fine and even some time in jail. I don't know how likely it is that Eric Swalwell goes to jail for actually assisting Hunter Biden, but I tend to believe that based upon the actions of Congress, they just recently kicked out a member of Congress who had been charged with criminal offenses but not found guilty. Well, uh, we've just discovered that Eric Swalwell is guilty of a criminal offense. I mean, by his own admission, he's the one who helped Hunter Biden flout this congressional subpoena. So uh, maybe they're going to kick Eric Swalwell out of Congress as well. I wonder if uh, if that's going to be the route they take. But again, it all comes back to Hunter Biden's own statements, because now without testifying, he actually answered some questions there on Capitol Hill. Jim Jordan said it. James Comer said it. Hunter Biden said it when he said that my father was not financially involved in my business. That's very different from saying my father had no knowledge or interest or involvement in any way with my business or my business partners. They can't say that anymore because not only was Joe Biden meeting physically, was he exchanging emails, was he jumping on phone calls, but we also know he was getting money too. You know, go back to uh, one of the first revelations about this, 10% for the big guy. And the big guy, well, that's Joseph Robinette Biden. Hunter attempted to absolve his father of any criminal culpability, but by saying that his father was not financially involved in his business, all he did was muddy the waters and suggest that Joe was involved in some fashion. And as I showed, every single one of these various reasons or or actions that Joe didn't take in Hunter's businesses, we can actually show through testimony, through emails, uh, through physical data locations, uh, phone conversations, 
how Joe Biden actually was directly involved. Now, this has slowly been bubbling up. You know, obviously, Republicans are kind of excited about what we're seeing, uh, not because we just like to gloat at the idea of someone being taken down, but again, because we want justice to be served. Now, I personally believe that Joe Biden is the best campaign tool for Donald Trump. Joe Biden being in office with all of this criminal investigations taking place around him, it's an incredible tool that really shines a light on exactly what's wrong with America and the government that we have in Washington, D.C. So I don't want Joe Biden going anywhere, but I want him impeached so that all of his crimes are paraded around on national television so that people know exactly what kind of man this person is. Now, at least one Democrat is suggesting that with this impeachment inquiry, it makes Joe Biden unelectable. Uh, I would have to agree with that. I mean, I think Joe Biden was unelectable before that. He was unelectable back in 2020. He didn't win the election in 2020. They stole the election in those swing states. They injected multiple different types of ballots into the system, whether it be absentee ballots or the mail by vote ballots or the military ballots. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's almost endless the way that they figured out how to cheat in these uh, brand new election systems. But Dean Phillips, who is a Democrat from Minnesota, he says that Joe Biden is uh, is not electable. Uh, now, ironically enough, uh, Democrat Dean Phillips, uh, I don't know if he's running for president, but maybe he's about to throw his hat in the ring. Uh, now, he was asked uh, about the Biden impeachment uh, and uh, wondering if this inquiry demonstrates a political vulnerability for the president. You'd have to be dead to think that it doesn't. Uh, he said, I don't see the evidence of it. But yes, when your own son and your own brother are clearly at the very least unethical and at worst doing illegal things, my goodness, of course, the country has to pay attention to it. And of course, the country is paying attention to it. People do believe that it perhaps makes him unelectable. Somehow it conflates him with the Trump family's indiscretions. And that's where I take a, a different line of thinking here, Dean, because all of the crimes that the Trump family has been accused of committing, they are merely projections of the crimes that the Bidens committed before Trump and his family were ever a glimmer in the eye of Washington, D.C. They accused President Trump of these things because of Biden actually committing them. Now, uh, I mentioned election fraud. Well, a shocking new poll has come out that suggests that 20 percent of Americans have admitted to mail-in voter fraud in the 2020 election. That's one in five, but we can extrapolate that out to the national level. Now, Back in 2005, uh, Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State James Baker co-chaired something called the Commission on Federal Election Reform. And in that commission, they called into question the potential for fraud with the use of mail-in ballots. Uh, and of course, with all of the Democrats suggesting that we need universal mail-in ballots or no excuse absentee ballots, all of them prior to the 2020 election, it's quite clear that they were very effective in allowing for fraud, uh, coercion, uh, and for a whole host of fraudulent and illegal activity to take place in that election. But Attorney General Bill Barr, he chose to do nothing about it for whatever reason. Now, in this new study, the poll shows that 17 percent of mail-in voters admit that in 2020, 
They voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident. That would invalidate their ballots. 21% of mail-in voters admitted they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. That's illegal. 17% of mail-in voters say they signed a ballot for a friend or a family member without his or her permission. That is also illegal. 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. Simply not legal. 10% of respondents, not just those who voted by mail, people all over America claim that they know a friend, family member, coworker, or other acquaintance who has admitted that they cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 in a state other than the state where they permanently reside. Someone here writing the article says, I personally fit into this category as I know someone who admitted to voting a senior citizen family member's ballot. Now, how large was the sample size? It consisted of 1,085 likely voters. Republicans made up 33% of those polled, while 36% and 31% were Democrats and other, respectively. Once again, they always oversample for Democrats. Jack's Awake says, Merry Christmas, Zach. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. So this is a poll coming from Rasmussen, and Rasmussen, I believe, is probably one of the last honest polling places. Um, There's a a couple out there, but when you break it down uh, by the numbers, 32% of the respondents were 18 to 39, 46 were 40 to 64, and 22% were 65 or older. Uh, On December 10th, Rasmussen posted about millions of dollars used to pre-order machines for a process the mass mailing of unsolicited election ballots to every registered voter that was illegal in America. Uh, And uh, that goes to show you right there, they are truly interested in ensuring uh, that we have truth, transparency, and accountability here in America. All right, now we are almost at the end of the show, guys, but I have a couple of really, really important stories. This one I read first thing this morning, first story I read when I woke up. It appears that a whistleblower has come forward. Now, this is for anybody who thinks Jack Smith is a good guy. I do not think Jack Smith is a good guy. I don't think he's a white hat. I don't think he's working for Trump. Uh, And, you know, if he is, you know, so be it. But maybe it's because of what we learned here. A whistleblower has come forward to to testify to the fact that Jack Smith was involved in an extortion scheme while he was working at the International Court of Justice. Now, how exactly does this work? Well, we know the name of the whistleblower, John Moynihan. He filed this complaint at the DOJ on November 28th, stating that Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, the same guy who's pursuing Donald Trump, who is going after Donald Trump for non-crimes, for fake, made-up stuff, was engaged previously in an extortion scheme while working at the International Court of Justice. And Jack Smith, of course, made an impromptu move on Monday asking the U.S. Supreme Court to decide whether or not Trump had the immunity to even go to court. Sounds to me like Jack Smith was maybe trying to get ahead of that news. Jack Smith is also trying to make sure that President Trump actually sees Judge Tanya Chutkin on March 4th. The quicker they can get him into court, the less time he and his counsels have time to review the supposed evidence that's presented against him. Uh, It's a blatantly partisan political move as far as I'm concerned. So. What did Jack Smith do? Well, let's take a look at the complaint. Uh, Who is John Moynihan? Well, he's a former employee of the DEA. 
He has been business partners with the author of this article since 1998. John is an expert in the world of money laundering and financial crimes, and his credentials are laid out in his complaint. I'm currently a consultant to the DEA and other United States law enforcement agencies. I have 35 years experience investigating domestic and international money laundering cases in both criminal and civil matters. The cases I've worked on involve complex domestic and international financial transactions that have resulted in indictments, plea agreements, criminal convictions, large-scale seizures of money, and settlements in the billions of dollars. I continue to this day to assist the Department of Justice and the Treasury Department in money laundering and other cases, some of which are currently ongoing. Cases he can't talk about. Maybe he's involved in the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden money laundering cases. All of which is to say that I am a recognized expert in the areas of money laundering and financial investigations. In other words, John Moynihan knows what he's talking about. And if anybody would, it would be him. So John learned about Jack's involvement in this money laundering scheme thanks to a tip from a friend of his who also happened to be a DEA agent. This man at the DEA had a confidential informant who reached out to him to alert him about this extortion scheme that was taking place at the ICJ, the International Court of Justice. The complaint includes affidavits from four people. These are all people with ties to Kosovo. Uh, Miliam Zika, Edlira Kafalija, Halit Sahitaj, and Darko Perovic. So this sworn testimony from one of them, Halita Sahit. Halit Sahitaj, uh, it, comp- it provides the most comprehensive account of exactly what Jack Smith was doing uh, and how it is illegal. So this guy is a, a Albanian by birth. He lives in Spain uh, and he's a pretty wealthy businessman. He's got contacts all throughout the Balkans and Russia. And according to the affidavit, Sahitaj says that he learned about the extortion scheme from a man with the name Florian. Now, this guy Florian claimed to be an American working for the Central Intelligence Agency. Turns out he's neither. His real name is Fake Amiri, and he is a Belgian on his driver's license or passport, which you can see here. He doesn't have an American driver's license, but it doesn't mean that he wasn't still working with the CIA. And we'll see exactly why I think that's likely in a moment. But he contacted the individuals providing the testimony back in February of 2022. So Amiri is not just some random dude who is masquerading as a CIA asset. He had a direct relationship with Jack Smith. They were on friendly working terms. He introduced Halit to Jack Smith and in introducing him uh, said, uh, I'm I'm in. So he induced Halit into doing the bidding of the special prosecutor's office to extort Russian oligarchs and the family and friends of the Thacy, another person, in exchange for leniency. So specifically, Emiri, the fake CIA agent, directed Halit, the person who's giving the testimony, to find Russian oligarchs who are on the U.S. sanctions list so they could be offered assistance to get them off of that list. For those oligarchs who were not on the list, they wanted to keep them off. So he describes in detail six different interactions he had with Jack Smith and Amiri over the course of two years, from June of 2020 until April of 2022. 
He was first introduced to Jack Smith via a phone call in June of 2020. And after he received this task from Amiri to develop a relationship with a Russian businessman by the name of Valerie Sabotin, uh, during the conversation, Florian, the fake CIA agent, got a phone call. He held the phone up to the man giving the deposition, and he wanted to show him what it said. It said Jack Smith, and it had a picture of the scales of justice for the photograph. So the fake CIA agent Florian answers the call, and he says, hello, sir. I'm with our new man from Spain. So then he puts Jack Smith on speakerphone, and he says in an American male voice in perfect English, hello, it is nice to meet you. So then they finished up the meeting, and the guy went back to Spain. And then in July, one month later, Emery told Halit that Jack Smith wanted his help in gathering evidence to be used against Albanian government officials. So he remained in contact with this fake CIA agent, Florian, throughout July. And then one day he got a call from Florian and said that Jack Smith was preparing to arrest the entire top government people in Kosovo. And they talked about it uh, for several days and for a couple of weeks. During one of these conversations, he was told that Jack Smith thinks that I could help him prepare for court proceedings, and I readily agreed to help. <clears throat> so by August, Emery contacts Halit and asks him to contact three war criminals in Kosovo. Emery said that Jack Smith's office was going to leak dossiers on these three individuals, and it was Halit's job to contact them and solicit a bribe. So we will not put these dossiers out about you being war criminals if you pay us some money. So Halit did what he was asked to do. And of course, these three people were not happy. The next time he had a conversation with Amiri, it was not very pleasant. Amiri accused him of botching the bribe request. He was angry that it hadn't worked out the way that they wanted it to. And so in order to earn the trust of Smith's operation, Jack Smith, special counsel Jack Smith, Halit was asked to donate more than $400,000 to a black fund used by the prosecutor's office. Let me just say that again. First, this man, Halit, was asked to approach three people who Jack Smith wanted to bribe. When the bribes did not go the way that they should, they then bribed, they then forced him to give them a bribe. And that money was put into a black fund. This is an off-books account, which is used for clandestine operations. Basically, whatever they want to do that they don't want to have to report to Congress or to any government officials. So then a couple of days later, the fake CIA agent calls again, and he says that someone wanted to thank me for my donation. So he puts this other person on the phone who then thanks the guy who just got uh, beat for $400,000, and it turns out it's prosecutor Jack Smith. They had a discussion back in June of 2020. He remembered his voice. He then said that Florian, the fake CIA agent, would be in touch about future operations, and then they continued their relationship. Uh, I'm glad Observer's Gone Challenge. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> Thank you, Andre. So the next, the next thing that he was asked to do, Provide false testimony at The Hague against Kosovo's President Thaki. So then he was asked if he would be ready in two or three hours. He asked me if I had a pen to take notes for my instructions. I heard a person in the background and I recognized the voice and Florian called him by name. Jack. Jack Smith. Special prosecutor. Jack Smith. 
Jack was speaking in English. Florian spoke to me in Albanian. I took the notes of my instructions in my notebook and the testimony I was supposed to give. After the conversation, Florian told me to go to the hotel that he provided close to the prosecutor's office in The Hague. Now, the affidavit also describes in detail this testimony that he was directed to give by Special Prosecutor Jack Smith under the questioning of one of Jack Smith's longtime associates, David Harbach. Halit reports that this conversation with Harbach went like this. As a bit of small talk, I asked David, where is Prosecutor Jack Smith? David said, at the moment, Jack is not here, but I've been informed to tell you that Jack will come for this testimony, letting him know that he better do exactly what they said he's supposed to do. Otherwise, maybe Jack Smith is going to force him to pay another $400,000. So after a little bit, Jack shows up, and then after leaving The Hague by car, he gets a text message from Amiri, the fake CIA agent. About two hours into my trip, Florian sent me a screenshot of a phone message he received from Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. In the screenshot, the message said, your Spanish friend has done a good job with a thumbs up emoji. So the work that Halit was doing for Jack Smith was not over yet. He had a couple of more targets, a couple of Russian oligarchs. He returns home and he maintained this direct daily contact with Florian. Mostly they talked about Russian oligarchs. He then tasked him with finding Russian oligarchs who were on that U.S. sanctions list so that they could be offered assistance to get them off of the list or to keep them off of the list. Florian was then asked what procedure would be if I found people on that sanctions list, and he was directed that there are two important criteria for the individuals. First, they would have to sign a contract to work for the agency, the CIA, and give us information about Vladimir Putin. Second, uh, Florian uh, – and second – they would have to pay money into the Black Fund for operational expenses. Uh, immediately, I said to Florian that if this is not true, please do not make trouble for me with the Russians. I didn't want to risk my life nor the lives of my family if this wasn't true. Florian explained that he had spoke directly with Prosecutor Jack Smith about this. Smith then told him he had colleagues at OFAC and that all of this was possible. He told me during this operation, I would be working directly for Jack Smith. So now my question is, if Florian is not really a CIA agent, he's not even an American, uh, and Jack Smith is the one running a black budget account, running these extortion schemes on Russians and claiming that these Russians are going to be working for the CIA once he co-ops them, who does Jack Smith really work for? Anybody out there think it's possible Jack Smith might actually be a CIA agent? Remember Peter Strzok? He was both a CIA agent and an FBI agent. So is it really all that crazy to believe that Jack Smith might be, at the start of the day, a CIA agent masquerading as a special prosecutor throughout the day, using the connections that he makes to bring it all home for the agency? I think that is entirely possible. So Halit had concern that the activities he was being asked to do we're going to create some real problems in the same way they did when those three men in Kosovo did not want to play ball. And he needed to know exactly what was truly going on. So Florian, a.k.a. Amiri, he could tell that Halit was starting to back off and he provided him with some reassurance. How did that reassurance come in the form of a phone call from the one and only Jack Smith? This was on November 7th of 2020. Florian called. He said, I have someone that wants to speak with you. 
Then Jack Smith gets on the phone. He said he's very grateful for my help in Kosovo. And Smith also said that he couldn't have made those arrests without my help. So during the next 11 months, Halit's world got turned upside down. He was arrested and imprisoned in Spain on money laundering and weapons charges. And if you think those developments were sufficient enough to scare off Jack Smith from continuing a relationship with Halit, well, think again, because Halit got another phone call from Jack. Two days later, Florian, a.k.a. Emiri, called. He stated, the prosecutor Jack Smith wants to speak with him. I could hear Smith speaking in English to Florian, who then translated it to me. Smith said that he was sorry about what happened to me and my family. He said he'd done everything he could to get me out of prison. Smith also said it would be good for me to continue to speak with the Russian oligarch regarding this case. And according to Halit, Smith's interest in the Russian oligarchs had a U.S. connection. Wouldn't you know it, Hillary Clinton. Near the end of January, Florian called me to tell me that he had spoken with Jack Smith. He told me that Jack Smith wanted to know if Patanin was still in possession of evidence of corruption by Hillary Clinton or if he had shared the evidence with anyone in Secret Service. How did Jack Smith know that a Russian named Potanin possessed incriminating evidence about Hillary Clinton? Why was he looking to get that incriminating evidence? Why was a prosecutor who was working at the International Court of Justice meddling in what should be a domestic U.S. affair? These are all very important questions. Halit at some point realized he had been used maliciously to prosecute the president of Kosovo, and he tried to make amends. He contacted the International Court of Justice. He confessed he had fabricated testimony at the behest of Amiri and Jack Smith. That made them perk up and listen just a little bit. That phone call was made on April 22nd, 2022. Says, I received a signal call from Alan Teeger. On the call was a translator, Alan Teeger and two investigators. We spoke for around one and a half hours. Mr. Teeger can provide the details of that conversation. However, Teeger also informed me that they were, they were going to record the conversation and everyone consented. So I recorded it as well. I can provide a true and accurate copy of that recording. So then a few weeks later, I get a call from my intermediary with those two Russian oligarchs. That intermediary told me the CIA contact had extorted $16 million from the Russians. $16 million, ladies and gentlemen, that went into Jack Smith's black budget account for whatever it was he needed it for. I asked how the CIA had done that. And they told me that Michael Prochikov had paid $7 million and Vladimir Potanin had paid $9 million. The intermediary told me that Prochikov said, I now owe him $7 million. Now, so far, this guy is still alive. But, of course, the Russians want their money or they want his head. Uh, and... We need to know exactly what the hell is going on with Jack Smith. These allegations that have been made against him are not simple allegations. They are backed up with fact, with record, with tape recordings, uh, with a whole slew of real evidence that can be introduced in court. We need to do something like that. There are also broader issues at play. Uh, is Jack Smith working for the CIA? Was Jack Smith running just simply an uh, an illegal European extortion scheme? Uh, was Jack Smith working for some other shady government agency that we don't know? And where is that evidence of corruption that showed that Hillary Clinton was working with the Russians? I mean, we've seen plenty, but I always am ready to see more. 
Finally, guys, Justin Trudeau is in big trouble. I got an email last night from a viewer who lives in Canada. Justin Trudeau and his liberal Canadian government has been on the front end of the Green Revolution in Canada. And as part of that Green Revolution, uh, there has been something of an accounting scandal. Another whistleblower, a former uh, employee, has come forward to allege that there's been a gross mismanagement of funds when it comes to this climate account that Justin Trudeau and his government was supposed to be collecting money in. If I'm not mistaken, this is the carbon taxes that they're charging their people, the citizens of Canada. Meanwhile, it appears Justin Trudeau and the people on his green council have been using it as a personal piggy bank. I'd like to know if Jack Smith was doing the same thing with his black account in the International Court of Justice. Well, this former employee of Sustainable Development Technologies Canada, who is which is often referred to as Trudeau's Green Slush Fund, testified two days ago on Monday before a parliamentary committee, and he revealed a series of complaints about the mismanagement that was in place on this committee and the toxic work environment in general within this green fund. Now, the whistleblower who worked at the fund from 2020 to 2022 disclosed that tens of millions of dollars in public funds were misspent by the foundation. And this supports small and medium-sized businesses in the clean tech sector. This is where you go if you want to make your business more green, I suppose. And the whistleblower testified to the committee in person on the condition that his name would not be disclosed. However, it appears his identity has actually been disclosed. Now, these allegations of breaches to the conflict of interest policy, favoritism at senior management level, and gross mismanagement of public funds were reportedly ignored by the committee uh, until a group of current and former employees, which include this whistleblower, came forward, brought the situation to the attention of the government earlier this year. This has been an ongoing thing for quite some time. Now, I'm going to cut to the chase. Uh, It looks like approximately $40 million in special payments were made during the COVID-19 pandemic. These payments were made to companies who had pre-existing funding agreements with SDTC. He suggested that the Green Fund determined in 2021 that most of these companies did not need the funds and speculated that the money might have been used to help senior executives meet performance targets and, of course, receive year-end bonuses. Uh, There is also... $10 million a year that was being given to Trudeau's former chair of this green fund. It appears that several of the people on this fund were directly receiving the benefits of what was supposed to be public money given to businesses so that they could make their businesses more green. As much as a billion dollars might be unaccounted for here. And I have to say, this looks to me like the absolute tail end of Justin Trudeau's time in government. Uh, I don't know when the next election is going to be, uh, but it goes to show you a tremendous amount of corruption and greed, the same type of corruption and greed that we have down here in Washington, D.C. These people are all the same. They're commies and they steal your money, whether they're here in America or they're up north in Canada. So, 
If you're a Canadian, I would love to know your thoughts on this. I would love to hear uh, what sort of coverage you've seen on this. I really haven't seen much of anything at all. Uh, And I I had to search to find this article for it. Um, But a billion dollars is nothing, nothing to laugh about. And uh, as as much as I think $150 million they can actually prove was stolen by people on this committee, this is a big deal. And Justin Trudeau and his green energy fund has a lot to answer for. Okay, <laughs> what kind of name is Robinette for a man? I've asked the same question. Robinette, I believe, was like his mom's maiden name. So it's kind of like his middle name is his mom's maiden name. All right, so uh, final thank yous to my friends over here on Pilled.net. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate the support. Uh, let's see. Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie. J2 Dank, thank you for the can. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Patriot Bird says, I appreciate all you do, Zach. Thank you so much, Patriot Bird. Appreciate you too, brother. Uh, LKW Cross says, uh, I bought you some coffees at Ko-Fi before the show started. I love your show. Why is Ko-Fi not showing me that you're buying coffees? I, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what the deal is. Um, hang on. I'll go to it and, uh, and just uh, check it out. Uh, yes, LKW Cross. Yep, you're the only one. So thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate you. Let's see. Stone Roller, thank you for the can. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Porpoiseful says, hey, Zach, thank you for all the great work. And then J2 Dank dropped a cookie as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, Flying Storm. Once Biden is impeached, he can then be criminally prosecuted with no presidential immunity. That is if the C- the Supreme Court of the United States determines that President Trump is eligible to be prosecuted. Because as I've said earlier, if that happens, it opens the door for Obama, for Bush, for Cheney, for any of these people, for Joe Biden, all of them to be prosecuted in federal court. Uh, so it remains to be seen what's going to happen. But I have to say I am enjoying the ride. Glad that we're here together. There is so much going on. Uh, There was actually a little bit of news about Chef Tafari Campbell as well. It turns out that the Secret Service's boats were inoperable during their rescue attempt. I'm trying to remember. I'm thinking back to that 911 call, and I could have sworn that the Secret Service said that they were out searching for him. If they didn't have operating boats – then how is it that they were out there on the water trying to find him? I don't know. The plot thickens. Uh, But uh, this is coming from new documents that were obtained by Judicial Watch. Uh, Shows that the Secret Service agents rushed to try to rescue him, uh, but both of the agency's boats were inoperable. What do you guys think the chances are that both Secret Service boats – would not work at the exact same time. First of all, it's the freaking Secret Service, okay? They're there to protect a former president. And if they don't do their job correctly, then people die, as we see here with Chef Tafari Campbell. Uh, the agents had to borrow a boat from the groundskeepers. Uh, and they said they started, they tried to start the boats, but they had difficulties lowering the motor. So they headed to uh, put it down, but they couldn't get it to work. Uh, so then they went and tried to get the keys to the other Secret Service boat and a similar circumstance happened with the second boat. So then they jumped in the third boat belonging to the groundskeeper and it worked without issue. I tend to believe that someone on that, uh, on that, that property 
uh, directly meddled with the Secret Service's boats to make them inoperable so that nobody could get out there to Chef Tafari Campbell in time to save him. Of course, the man was probably uh, being held down by a cinder block eight feet under uh, or in, in some other obscure fashion. Uh, all right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, all of you bigots and racists, <laughs> thank you very much for hanging out with us. Join me tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Altered State with my good friend uh, Brad Getz on Badlands Media. If uh, you don't want to come over there, then you can always be here tomorrow at 5 p.m. for another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Until that time, wherever I see you, make sure you're following me on Twitter, a.k.a. X, Truth Social, Gab, Getter, uh, all of those at Red Pill 78 here on the Foxhole, Pill.net, uh, on Rumble, on BitChute, on Odyssey. I am at Red Pill 78. Uh, you can also go to my website, redpill78news.com, where you can watch live shows and you can see the archives after everything is done. But either way, love you. Thank you so much, everybody, for the kind words, for the for the very generous support and for the gifts. I can't wait to get off the air and open these up and say thank you tomorrow when we see each other again. Good luck and God bless. Peace. second wait a second vector vector was the one who sent the hat and the terry cloth hold on hold on i gotta show it off where is it where is it yes vector i absolutely loved both of them i can't wait to stay at the trump hotel so that i can put all of my toiletries in this beautiful and luxurious dop kit i love it and check it out buddy it's got a it's got a, a tassel like the ones on the curtains at the Trump hotels. Uh, yes, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. I had no idea it was you. I, I I showed it off very first thing on the show, and I said that there was no card or anything in it. So thank you so much, Vector. I really appreciate you, buddy. And uh, go, watch watch the show from the start so you can see some of the other things that I got too. I miss you guys. Love you. Peace. We'll talk to you soon.